mom to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. I'm Kate Battistelli, and today we're talking about words. Now, we've all heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? Well, I hate to tell you, girls, that saying couldn't be further from the truth. Proverbs 18.21 tells us very clearly, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So today we're talking all things words, how our words are either going to build up or tear down our children, not to mention our husbands and all the other people in our lives. I've learned the hard way that words have incredible power. Because here's the thing, children will believe whatever you tell them about themselves, and your words will form the foundation of who they become and how they talk about themselves and how they think about themselves. So let's take a quick moment just to reintroduce ourselves. I'm Kate Battistelli. I've been married to my husband, Mike, for 35 years. My daughter is the contemporary Christian singer, Francesca Battistelli, and she has given us four beautiful children. Hey, everyone. September McCarthy, and we have 10 children. My husband and I have been married 30 years, and we have adult children, little ones, grandchildren. So we're basically in every season of life right now and loving it. And I am Jamie Erickson. I have been married to my college sweetheart for 17 years, and we're kind of in the messy middle stage of parenting. We've got five kids ranging in age from 15 down to six. Well, did you ever notice how God created the entire universe with a word? God didn't wave his hands around or stomp three times or do anything else. He simply spoke and the universe burst into being. Genesis 1 verse 3 says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. That scripture shows me how powerful our words are. So the question, the first question I want to ask you ladies is, what kind of words were spoken to you when you were growing up? Did you hear encouragement or criticism? Words that built you up or tore you down? Positive and encouraging words or toxic and harsh? You know, Kate, I think I was just so blessed. I look around in our culture today and even hear some stories from um, other moms and other friends of mine. And I was really fortunate to have positive, kind, uplifting words. Um, My mom, she didn't quite understand how important words were to me. So that's why I absolutely love the topic of our podcast today. Um, Words bring life and death. And so... I loved that my grandmother could see that in me and she just spoke life over me. She saw the things that I loved and she encouraged me and um, she didn't just build me up with false pretenses. She used positive words that really meant a lot and it really kind of shaped my future. And I would say that I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but my mother was a believer and she understood the power of words. I'm 39 years old. And I would be really hard pressed to think back and find one single critical word she's ever said to me or unkind word. Um, 
It's not that I was a perfect child and did everything right. I certainly got my share of discipline, but I think she really knew the difference between being critical of the person or training and discipling the action. She could separate the difference between who I was and what I was doing. So anytime she needed to um, perhaps reprimand me for something that I was doing, it wasn't, you know, Jamie, you're stupid. It was, that maybe wasn't the wisest choice. And there was a difference in the way she said it. So I think my mother throughout my entire life has kind of over-championed and oversold me. And I really hope that um, I could even do that in, in even a fraction of the way in my own children's life, that I would be an encourager and a cheerleader to them just as she was to me. And, and I wonder if she was and, and still is that way because she didn't have that as a child. I know that she grew up in a home where she heard nothing but critical and harsh words. And, and I think there was a time in her life where she made a conscious decision that she was gonna speak words of life to her kids. And man, I have received the fruit of that. That's amazing, Jamie. Your mom and I sound like we grew up very similarly because for me, it was lots of criticism and precious little encouragement. Now, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s. I was a child then, and I think it was just a different era. It wasn't so child-focused. Children were supposed to be seen and not heard. I was never told that I was smart or talented or beautiful or anything like that or that I could change the world. And I had to figure a lot of life, on, lot of life out on my own. And, and like your mom, though, I have switched that around for my daughter. I tried to always speak very positive words to her because growing up without that, I mean, you, you just start to think that you aren't able to do anything and that you have no value. So it is important. Um, so let me ask you girls, what do your words say about your child or your children? Are you speaking life to their dreams and desires? Okay. I just want to go back to that. I think you've, you have changed the future and shape of your generation from your childhood to your daughters. You've, you've raised a life changer with your words over your daughter, Franny, and I'm just in awe over it. So this podcast, this is like gold, you know, it is just, um, like words are like fine gold and we should be very careful how we use them. So what a great example. It just makes me think about my kids, how they're all different and how it's easy to say the same words um, that we would to one to all of them just because it's easy. But I think really understanding the special calling that each child has to give to the world is important. And so I try really carefully when I speak to my children to not say the same thing to all of them. You're doing a great job. You know, that's true, but I want to be specific. You're doing a great job because God's given you an amazing voice. And, you know, I want to be specific because I want that child to grow into their specific calling. And um, just following your example of life giving words over our children is, it's really encouraging to me. And I think that this is something that I kind of struggle with. Not that I struggle giving my kids praise because of course I had a wonderful example, like I said, in my own mom, I, I, I just hope that I can live up to that. But I think um, one thing that I struggle in this area is praising them for who they are not just what they do. I mean, I'm a homeschool mom, so I can sometimes fall into that mindset of, you know, praising the product. But 
my kids should hear daily from me that I love them just because of who they are, not necessarily what they add to my life or what they do or what they add to the community or the space. Mm, that's a great point. Um, for me, this is a big one because I was determined to leave behind a very different word legacy than was left to me. And from the time she was little, I was determined to tell Franny that she was beautiful and smart and talented and destined to change the world. And she has, and I wasn't afraid to dream God's big dreams for her. And I've, I've just seen the difference in her life than, than mine when I was young. I got into all the things you shouldn't get into as a young girl. And, you know, she was able to avoid those traps. So I'm very grateful for that. So the, the next thing I want to find out from you ladies, have you ever used reverse psychology on your children, like telling them they're stupid, hoping it will motivate them to study hard or telling them they're chubby, hoping it will motivate them to go to the gym? I have a feeling neither of you have, but maybe you've tried it before. The only thing I know about reverse psychology is that all it does is confuse our children. It causes them to find confidence or motivation in something that isn't real. So if I motivate my child to go to the gym or not eat as much because they are getting chubby or something like that, then my child will resort to what they think is going to fix the problem. Whereas I wanna give them the answer that I want them to come to, to motivate them. So because God wants us to be a good steward of our bodies would be the complete opposite of reverse psychology. I'm going to give them a true heart of motivation. So, um, yeah, I don't want my kids to find something to fix their own problems. I want to motivate them with the answers. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Jamie? I know I've never used reverse psychology on my kids. I don't think that works. And I'm going to preach to myself here for a second I think that I need to be mindful, and I hope that I am mindful of how God motivates me. You know, He's the the example of of the perfect parent, and He doesn't ever use reverse psychology on me. And in fact, it's the opposite. Whenever you see in Scripture God calling out someone, He's always speaking forward into their life. He's actually always telling what they're becoming, not what they are. Um, I'm thinking of like the life of Abraham. He called Abraham the father of many nations before he had even one child or Gideon. the He called Gideon a mighty warrior and he'd never picked up a sword before. So he always forecasts victory in our lives. And, and I want to use that as an example for my own kids. And I know I'm not perfect at it. Again, I, I'm preaching to myself, but it's a good reminder for me to speak forward into the lives of my kids and call them to a place where I know they can be and will be and not just always see them for who they are in the present. And obviously I'm supposed to love them right here as they are right now. But I think in breathing good words and life-giving words into them, I'm going to be forecasting victory in their life and not just using, you know, some psychological trick to try to coerce them into choosing the right way or doing the right thing. Amen. I love that, Jamie, because God, I've always said God sees us according to our destiny, not according to our history. And reverse psychology was used on me as a child, and I determined early on not to do that to my daughter because it does not work. That's a good word, 
Okay. Can you repeat that one more time? God uses what? God uses us according to our destiny. He sees us according to our destiny, not our history. Oh, and I know good. that's true in my life. Cause if he saw me according to my history, I would not be here right now. Mm. So he's been very faithful in that. Um, so the next question is, do you compare your children to other children or to their siblings? Why or why not? Can you imagine if I did that with my 10 children? Like I would have all out war in my home. So yeah, I have to be really careful to not compare my children. Now, a lot of my children have similarities, you know, their strengths or their weaknesses, but to compare them to motivate them is the difference. I don't want to compare them to motivate them. Um, all that does is create an adult as they grow up that looks to comparison for motivation. So um, that's why I don't do that. I do fall into the trap sometimes of saying, why can't you do such and such like so-and-so, which right there is, you know, a very big pitfall to say, why can't you? So like this podcast, we're talking about words. How can I say that differently? What about can you? saying, why can't? That's just a negative way of saying a positive thing. So what, what meant to be positive? And as parents, we're always trying to instruct. And so that's where the comparison comes in. Um, why can't you? So right there's a, an example of how we can take our words and kind of switch them around to speak life instead of negativity and comparison. Yeah, and I know I can't compare any of my kids. They're so different from each other. I only have five, but they're night and day, all of them. I couldn't have ordered up such different children. So there's absolutely no comparing. Um, but I do kind of compare my kids to other kids. And, and I'll say I don't necessarily point that out to them. But as I'm out and about, and maybe I see a kid who is rude to their mom or who is um, mean or or does something inappropriate or what have you, it's always a reminder to me or a trigger to actually say the thing that I think about my kids. I think my kids are awesome, but do I always say that? Not always. So when I see a child, um, some other child out there, and maybe they, they do something inappropriate, it almost acts like a trigger to me to turn to my own child and say, I love you so much, or I am so glad that you're um, so kind to your brother, or I'm so glad that you're so helpful to me. Um, not that I'm comparing them and saying, you see that other kid over there, don't be like him. It, it's just more of like a mental reminder to me to actually say out loud the things that I always think about them. That's, that's great. I love that, Jamie. Now, I was compared endlessly to the perfect daughter of my mother's best friend. And all it did was make me hurt and angry and jealous of the other girl and actually sent me on a path of rebellion when I was 15, 16, 17 and into all kinds of areas I shouldn't have been going into. So I know that it does not work. And I was compared to my brother and sisters and it just, it was, it was never a good thing. So I, I'm glad that you gals aren't doing that. And I didn't think that you were. Um, the next question is, how do your children hear you speak about your spouse? You know, even in the hardest days of marriage, which we're not going to pretend that we all don't have those, our kids need to hear us speak words of life about our spouse. It makes me think of the um, verses in Proverbs that talk about standing in the gate for our husbands. 
And I think that's like a greeting and a welcoming and a representation. And so we don't hide, I don't hide the realities of my marriage, the ups and downs for my children. I don't think that's really helpful to, especially my older children, but I don't ever use words that will, um, tear down their testimony, their personhood, their respect and honor to my children. And so I have to work really hard at that area. And it's a challenge. It's a true challenge for me, but I do it. Like I said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't have um, a great example of a husband and wife relationship. Although my mom did a great job of honoring her unsaved husband and praying for him. So I definitely saw that every day. And I've been really mindful of that. I think my my best example for how a husband and wife are to um, relate to each other, especially in front of their kids, comes from my husband. He's the one who's, who taught me and showed me an example of, of, of a man who can disagree with his wife, sometimes loudly, but then publicly go back and apologize and restore that relationship. And I think that's really great for our kids to see that we're not perfect. We're two sinners just trying to serve God together. And so we're not always going to agree. And sometimes we're not always going to agree kind of unkindly, um, but we still love each other. And so they might see us argue, but then they also, we try to make it a point to also show them the restoration and actually physically say, audibly say, I'm sorry. And I forgive you because that's a lesson our kids need to learn too, is, is how to restore a relationship and how to still love even when you disagree. And, and so, yeah, we're not perfect. And I probably am, I know I'm not a perfect wife um, in that regard, but I have learned so much about this particular area from my own husband and I am grateful. That's wonderful. I um, did not grow up with that great example of parents speaking with respect to one another. So that, that wasn't what I knew. And I was not real good at it early on in our marriage. I had to learn. I had, I just had to understand biblical marriage. I had, I had to understand submission, all those things. But I've, for, for many years now, I've always tried to lift my husband up as much as I could. I do my best to honor and respect him in front of my daughter and grandkids and other family members because I've, I've learned my lesson the hard way. Um, so how are your siblings communicating with each other in your home? And I'll just let you guys answer because I had an only child. You know, with a lot of people in our home, it's really easy to fall into the trap of communicating what we feel or think in the moment because life is moving quickly and everyone's coming and going and getting in one another's way. And that's just real life in a home with even more than one, two children. And so we have to literally fight for this. This is probably at the top of my um, list of things that I do every single day is getting my children teaching my children, following through with my children on how to speak and communicate with one another in our home, in our homeschool, in the car, on the way to church, when we're, I mean, every single part of life because we're always together. So my husband and I have realized that the best way to teach our children how to communicate with one another are for them to actually practice speaking life um, into one another. Like for example, 10 birthdays, we literally, 12 birthdays, we literally celebrate one a month. 
uh, one birthday a month here. So this is just like a, a monumental occasion, but we do this in our everyday life. And um, we go around the table and we ask the kids, you know, say something you're thankful and that you love about your sibling. And everyone does this. We just did this last Sunday, all the way from the 27-year-old down to the seven-year-old. And now my in, you know, their daughter-in-law and my son-in-law, they do this as well because we want them to practice what they want others to hear coming from their mouth about one another. And um, every day I find myself saying, be careful of your words. You need to stop talking. You're not saying kind words anymore. And I have to like catch them because they'll say things. There's certain words that are not allowed in our home when it comes to addressing one another. Um, you know, very simple, basic words that you hear out and about, but we just don't even quote unquote allow them. This is an area in our home that I'm passionate about and that we work on because um, the way they communicate with one another is the way that they will communicate with the world when they leave my home, our home. Mm, that's a good word. Thank you for that, September. That's a really practical tip. Obviously, with five kids, there are days when words of love are not spoken and they don't speak kindly to each other. They fight just like every other kids do. Um, but we do have a house rule and I find myself repeating it a lot, speak in love or don't speak. And I've had to explain to my kids that doesn't necessarily mean that all your words all the time have to be dripping with, um, lovely sentiments and, and you only ever say the positive things. It just means that whatever you need to say, even in frustration, you do it in a way that is received with love. And so oftentimes it just comes down to, you know, I heard what you said, but you didn't say it in a very kind way. Try it again and say it in love this time. And so I actually require them to say whatever it is they just said, maybe in frustration a second time, but to reiterate it in a way that it doesn't sound harsh or doesn't sound critical. And, and I have to admit to myself when I hear my kids, um, you know, maybe griping at each other or you know, spewing words of, of frustration at each other, most of the time they learn that from me. Like that was the example I set. And it's just a call for me to always be mindful of what I say and how I say it because more is caught than taught. And they're going to um, just parrot back what they hear in the example that I set. So it really is a challenge to me. Um, if I want my kids to speak in love to each other, I have to speak in love to them. I have to speak in love to my husband and other people that can sometimes grate on my nerves because everything I say can be said in love, even if it is a critique or a reprimand or admonition or something. That's great advice, Jamie. Both of you have just great words of wisdom on this subject. Um, one more question. What are some ways you can affirm your child each day with your words? Some of the ways that I think we can affirm our children each day are by noticing the things that they did and that they made an effort to do. So at the end of the day, when the day is over, whether it's been a hard day or a good day, I want to affirm their actions in the efforts and areas that were hard for them, uh, which means that we have to be more intentional about paying attention to those things. Uh, so, you know, if it's hard for my child to 
follow through and remember a certain task or to do a certain thing, then I'll be sure to affirm them in that. You know, I have a 14 year old son and he loves to talk. He loves to, I always say, run his mouth. So this podcast is apropos for that particular situation, but he is constantly talking and I say running his mouth. And he sometimes says, actually a lot of times he'll say things that he shouldn't say um, to his siblings because he just talks and talks and talks and he has um, lost the ability to have self-control over his tongue, but he's working on that right now so hard. So at the end of the day, I want to affirm him and say, listen, Sam, I noticed that you really worked hard on your words today and you kept your mouth closed and you didn't say the things that were hurtful to people. Like I actually want to affirm them and the things that are hard for them. I want to affirm my child that they are loved and that whatever they do, whether it's something on purpose or by accident, they are loved. And I want to also affirm my children and knowing that I am here for them. Um, sometimes our children think that because they've made a mistake or had a bad day or, um, you know, that they're on their own, that, that it was too big. And so I think those are some of the things that we don't always think about when it comes to affirming our children. We want to affirm to them that they're loved no matter what. Amen. I think it goes back to example too. You know, if obviously I want to tell my kids I love them every day and they all, just like I receive love in my own way, they all receive love in their own way. So sometimes it's not a matter of, what I say, but maybe it's spending time with them or, um, you know, you can think of all the different love languages. All of my kids have different ones. Um, I know specifically the one or two kids that I have that, that, um, their love language is words of affirmation. And I hope that I am pouring an extra special word for them. I often tell my kids, um, like with my 15 year old, I, I don't want to say you're my favorite child, but man, she's my favorite 15 year old in the whole wide world. And that's the gospel truth. And so I say that to her often and all my kids, and I have the benefit of only having one girl. So I can say you're, you're my most favorite girl in all the world. Um, I think too, it's, it's really appreciating them and, and being mindful to say that out loud. And, um, showing an example of, of as a mom saying, I'm sorry when I've messed up. I never had that growing up. I, I think I was well into my thirties before I ever heard a parent apologize to me. And that really was a wound that cut deep and stayed with me for a long time. And so I really want my kids to hear from me. I'm sorry. And, and, and I want them to hear from me I forgive you. We actually have a house rule around here that when someone is, extends an, an apology, we forgive them. We say it out loud with our words. And sometimes our heart isn't always in it, but with the practice, with the habit comes the conviction. I think this, these are the training years. And so in training my kids that when someone offers a sincere apology, we forgive them, that will hopefully become more natural to them and they'll be able to extend the forgiveness, um, the same kind of forgiveness that has been offered to them through Christ. Um, or that's my hope anyway. That's excellent advice from both of you ladies. Really, really good. Um, especially about forgiveness. That's critical. 
I, I don't think I was ever apologized to growing up. So that that's amazing. Um, I think I don't have much to add, but just a couple things. I think a, a, a way to affirm your children is just let them know you see them, know the details of their life, of their school life and their life in general and their friends. Speak life into their dreams. Do you believe your child is here for a purpose and here to change the world? Then tell them. And I, and I can guarantee you they are. There's nobody who's on this planet that's not here for a reason. And even if you don't see it, remind them who God says they are. Imagine your words coming to life as you say them, words of life and love and peace and joy. They can change a child's trajectory. So just... Be mindful, mindful, mindful what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth. So now we're going to do just a quick little lightning round of a few things just to get to know us a little better. September, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Oh, it would be Hawaii for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's at the top of my list. (laughs) And I'll say Tennessee, and I've only been there once, but man, it was beautiful. Well, come on and visit anytime. You know, I'm here. I'll be on the next flight. I love Tennessee. I love Hawaii, but I think if I could be anywhere, it would be Tuscany just Mm -hmm. to just enjoy all that Italian food and the beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What is your life verse? My life verse is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, and of, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And I don't have a life verse. I have a life story. It comes out of Joshua 4, and it's just the idea that God calls us to do absolutely the impossible. Step out into the river first, and then he will part the waters again mm-hmm. and again in my life. I've seen how the obedience always has to precede the miracle. And then after the miracle, I'm called to proclaim what this big God did. Amen. I love it. I do have a life verse. And I don't know, this. It, I've had this for probably a decade now. And it's kind of an odd one, but it's just struck me, jumped off the page years ago. And I've just kept it deep in my heart. But it's Psalm 16, verse 5 through 8. And it says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. All right. Dog person or cat person? I am definitely not a cat person. (laughs) So maybe that helps you know what I really am. Well, I'm not either, but we own a dog. And I always say I'm not a dog person, but I'm an Ollie person. (laughs) I've been both in the past, but neither at the moment. Um, So this is a, I, I, I love to find this out about people. What's your love language? There are five of them. Words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, quality time, or physical touch. So here's the thing about those love languages. I... I know all of my kids' love language. I know my husband's, but I'll tell you, I think every decade my love language changes. I don't know if other women have discovered that, but so I'm almost 50 and I really don't even know who I am right now. Just kidding. I think maybe words of affirmation and acts of service, those two things really show me and 
speak value to me, speak love, but they really do change as you, as you change and your seasons change. I'm so glad you said that September. Cause I've, I felt the same way for years and I just thought maybe it's just me. I think as women, our seasons do change. And so the way that somebody can show love to me right now in this season is, is where my greatest need is. So I think I used to be an acts of service when I, when it was raining babies around here and by golly, just, just do a load of dishes. And, and that would just show me how much you love me. Um, now just give me words of affirmation and spend time with me, quality time. So yeah, I think it, it does change. And I would love to flesh that out someday on a future episode. Cause I'm curious to know if other moms would say the same. That's interesting because it's not changed for me. I am definitely gifts and acts of service. And I always say I'm the person you want around during the holidays because I'll do everything for you. I'll make the food, I'll clean it up, and then I'll give you presents. I think for me, words, my husband's definitely words of affirmation. He wants you to tell him that he's doing a great job. I think because I just didn't hear that growing up, I, I mostly didn't get any positive affirmation that I'm just, I don't believe it. Not that I don't believe it, but it's just like, okay, great, fine. You think you're saying all those nice things, but if you really love me, show me, do something for me, clean the kitchen, like, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, I don't know. It hasn't really changed for me over the years, but that's not to say it won't. Um, so one last thing, I just wanted to throw this out there. If you're a mom and you're struggling to make ends meet, and maybe you're frustrated because you can't afford all the tools to help your children pursue their gifts. I have great news for you about words. Words are free. They cost nothing, but they can change everything. Your words can powerfully influence your child's belief in themselves, in their gifts, and in their future. You can remind them they're world changers, and God has a plan in mind just for them. Many world changers came from humble beginnings. So thank you so much for joining us today. We are thrilled that you are here with us. Feel free to join as a subscriber and you're going to get a, a wonderful free printable download. And we would be honored if you follow the mom to mom podcast. We'll be back in two weeks and we're talking about teaching your kids about Jesus. I hope you'll join us. Thank you so much.